Today's episode is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com slash adventures in autism. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Before we get into today's episode, I just want to take a minute to talk to you about making authentic friendships. You might remember the founder, Juliana Featherman, from episode 34 of Adventures in Autism. She is an autism sibling who created this amazing interactive web app that enables children ages 13 and up and adults with special needs to make friends based on age, interest, diagnosis, and geographic location. Parents and caregivers can also sign up to connect with other parents and caregivers. For more info or to sign up, head to makingauthenticfriendships.com. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Adventures in Autism, episode 92. I am Megan Carranza. Thank you so much for coming to listen If it is your first episode, welcome. So happy to have you. You've picked an interesting episode, (laughs) but I'm so glad, so glad that you're here. Um, And if you've been listening, thank you so much for coming on back. And today I'm going to get right to it. My, I don't I shouldn't even say guest. My co-host is Jody Warshawski, who is my good friend. You might remember her from episode 54 of this podcast. Jody is amazing. She is a fellow autism mom and podcaster. She has a show called Accepting the Unacceptable, where she shares her journey with her beautiful daughter, Remy, who has autism and epilepsy. And she's just a powerhouse. She she has a lot of solo episodes and she shares her wisdom and insight and she's just amazing. She has guests on they have great conversations. I was lucky enough to be a guest on her show. And honestly, since we recorded those episodes where I was on her show and she was on mine, we have just formed a true friendship. She is someone that I talk to very often. We text each other. We call each other. We live on, you know, different parts of the country, but we are, we're just very, very close. And Obviously, if you were listening to this episode in real time, you know that there has been some major social injustices, some major racism issues, controversy. There's been controversy within the autism world itself. And honestly, I wasn't sure if I should put out an episode today. I was really thinking about just skipping it all together. But as you'll hear me say in the episode... I, I contacted Jody just to kind of see where she was at, what she was thinking, and if she wanted to do something together, and I'm so grateful that she did. So I'm not going to lie, this was kind of under the gun. <laughs> we we recorded this pretty quickly. We wanted to get it out like really close to real time just because these these issues are so important, and what's what's going on right now, especially with the murder of George Floyd and just all the the issues with racism and now with, you know, protesting and looting. We talk about all that in today's episode. We get into all of it. And I'm not going to lie for me as a, a, you know, a privileged white woman, this is definitely a, a sensitive subject. I mean, I think it's sensitive for everyone and I wanted to be sensitive talking about it. 
But I also just felt so strongly that as somebody, you know, a person of privilege who, you know, has white privilege that I felt really so strongly to speak out on this issue. And obviously this is not what my show is typically about. So if this is not your cup of tea, I get it. But I really do think it is so important to have these conversations. And that's exactly what this was with me and Jody. We were just, you know, two friends talking about these current issues that our our entire country is facing and just kind of how how we were feeling how we hope to move forward how we hope to grow from all of this so we talk very honest and openly about that Jody herself her her mother is white and her father is black so she talks about you know her experience growing up and experiencing racism and was just so so honest and I really appreciate her you know, taking the time to have this conversation with me. And so once we, we, we talk about all that, and then we also talked about the, the whole issue, I'm sure you're familiar with, um, the YouTuber Mika Stoffer, who recently rehomed her adopted son. He was adopted from China three years ago and she decided to rehome him. And she said that she did that because he, after he was diagnosed with autism, he has had more special needs than she was ready to deal with, basically. So <laughs> I'll wait to get into the whole thing. Um, I'm sure you guys are familiar. But we, again, we decided to talk about that because I had posted about it. I had gotten tons of messages. I do feel like this story really kind of rocked the autism community. And I mean, it had far reach because Mika has a, a large following. So I think it wasn't just the autism community, but so many of you messaged me and we talked about this and it's just a really, you know, a real pain point for, for all of us. So Jody and I talk all about that as well. That's uh, like the second half of the episode. And honestly, we both just felt really strongly about these issues. Neither one of us are very keen on talking about these, you know, like negative media topics. Um, I think her and I both, we say this on the episode, really like to keep things positive and, you know, focus on all the good that's happening. And I genuinely want to do that, but I do feel like sometimes these issues come up that are so extreme, like the the ones that we're going to talk about today, that speaking out is really just so important and I know that not everyone feels comfortable and I get it because I it's not even something that's fully comfortable for me but I really just felt so strongly that you know if if you have like any sort of a platform that you should be using that to just spread this message and have this conversation and move that forward and I'm I'm really glad that, that Joni and I were able to do this. And the cool thing about this episode is that it's actually going to be uh, shared on both of our podcasts. So over over at Accepting the Unacceptable, we're just having the, the same episode is going to go out because we both just felt so strongly that we wanted our listeners to to hear this message and just kind of listen to this conversation. Like I said, it's very raw and honest. Jody and I are so close. So having, having a conversation with, you know, a friend like Jody is, is really easy. The interesting thing also is that when this first all kind of started happening in terms of like the protests for George Floyd, Jody and I were actually on the phone the other day, like just talking about something else. And 
while I was talking to her, all of a sudden I heard all this honking and I didn't even realize it right away, but there was protesters right on the street in front of me. And I said to her, I was like, oh yeah, I'm like, there's, there's people here. And it was peaceful protesting. They just, you know, had posters and it was, they wanted people to honk, which I did. And I said to Jody, I'm like, oh, sorry if you hear honking there, there's protesters for George Floyd. And her and I were, were saying before we recorded today, she was like, I didn't even realize that people were protesting. Like it was, it, especially a few days ago, it hadn't reached the level that it has now. So that was why, like I said, we kind of wanted to do this like right away and just get this out to you guys just with our thoughts on everything. So like I said, we did kind of record this under the gun. The audio is not perfect. There's definitely some little kind of little clicky sounds you'll hear in the beginning. And then towards the end, we're a little bit delayed. Um, but overall, I, I just think that the the content and the message is, is so, so important. And I honestly really, really appreciate you guys listening to an episode like this. Like I said, it's a little bit different than something I normally do, but I do think it is so important. So enough yapping from me and I hope you enjoy listening to my conversation with Jody. Hey Jody, how are you? Megan, good. How are you? I'm good. I'm always happy to be talking to you. Me too. <laughs> so you and I, I, I texted you, just to be fully transparent, I texted you earlier today with everything going on in the world right now. I was just like, Jody, I don't even know if I should put out an episode. I don't know if I should address everything. And I said, if, if you want to collaborate, let me know. And you were like, yes, let's do this episode together. And I'm so glad you did because I feel like you and I and everyone listening, we all have like so many thoughts about what's going on right now. And it really is on top of the whole pandemic situation, there's just so much more going on in the whole world and in the autism community. So I thought it would be a really good idea for you and I to kind of come together and just have a conversation. Like neither of us are hosting today. This this episode is going to be airing on, you know, both of our both of our podcasts because we just wanted to have this conversation. So to start with, like we were saying, we're in different parts of the country too. You're in California. I'm in Chicago or like the burbs and obviously with everything happening with the murder of George Floyd there is there's a lot going on and like we were saying before like even a few days ago we were hearing about this but now it's kind of like reached a fever pitch what are obviously just your thoughts and what what do things look like out by you oh my goodness so my thought my my initial thought so i've got my own thoughts about everything mm-hmm. and my initial thought about kind of talking about this with our community is i wasn't sure that the topic related to like what we talk about here which is like parenting yeah. kids with autism but then i started to think that this issue affects everybody it's like and it's the same thing it's it's the same thing with having a child with autism. Like we think that only parent, it's only the parent's problem. They have to raise a kid with autism, but it's really everybody's problem. And we all have to do something about it. So what I think about, um, what I think about it is that I, I'm, I'm glad that it's coming to light because this has been around for for hundreds of years here in our country and 
and it keeps happening. And I was just thinking about like, so my mother is white and my father is black mm-hmm. and on my personal perspective on, on racism is I remember like being a kid and um, I wanted to go play at my, at my friend's house and she was setting up a play date. And then she called me and said that I couldn't come over because I was black. And I remember like being so confused about that. And my first thought was, but, but like your parents, they don't even know me. What, <laughs> what do you, what do you mean? Like, we're really good friends and they don't know me. And, and she's like, I know, I, I know, but you can't come over cause you're black. And so that was like my first kind of, um, very, I was very confused by it. And now here as an adult, I'm still confused by it. It still confuses me, but it's here and it's real and it happens all the time. And, and, and we all have to be aware of it. Mm-hmm. So I don't know where I was going with that, but um, no, I'm, I'm glad you shared that. Although it totally breaks my heart that how old were you when that happened? Um, I was probably like seven ish. Oh my gosh. And, and that kind of stuff happened frequently. I mean, like maybe not blatant like that, but I remember being in the car with another girlfriend and, um, and her, her stepmom and her friend and someone cut us off in the car and she had to kind of swerve like the uh, my my friend's mom set mom she had to swerve and she was like really scared and she yelled at the window watch where you going you nigger (gasps) and I remember like I remember like I it took my breath away because I thought that she liked me and I didn't know where that was coming from and I cried the rest of the day and she never acknowledged the fact that she said that with me in the back seat. So that I feel is like a very mild situation that happens every day. And wow. and when I say mild, I live in California and we're, it's a very, it's very liberal here. Mm-hmm. And everywhere that I look, everywhere I go, there's an array of colors at the grocery store or at the mall or a concert or everywhere. It's I've grown up with that. You see all the colors of the rainbow everywhere you go. It's nothing. It's there's nothing weird about seeing that. So I feel like um, even me being in a liberal place, I've seen my share of racism. Mm So, Oh my gosh. You said that it took your breath away to hear that. It took my breath away just to hear you retell that story um I mean thank you for sharing that even though I know it's it's probably really hard to live relive those memories it's and it's I'm I'm so I'm thankful to hear stories like that because honestly I grew up in a really different environment I grew up in like very you know like whitewashed suburbs I'm a white woman now my husband is Hispanic I'm married to a Mexican man so I've definitely seen racism obviously in a different way um and it was something that like I said, because I am, I am from a white family in a white area. I, I was not all that familiar with racism because like this, this was just what was around me. And when, when Manny and I, it wasn't really until like, 
I don't even know exactly the first time that I was like, oh gosh, like people still think this way. Like (laughs) there's still like this kind of like bigotry out there. But I remember even like after him and I got married and I took his name and I was putting together my resume, I, my maiden name is Mitchell and I, my, I took his name, like my last name is Carranza, but I put on my resume, I put Megan Mitchell Carranza because I was like, I don't want to be like racially profiled by people who they don't know. You know what I mean? Like, it's just like you, you, when you see things in a, in a different way, when you, when you've seen racism, it does like you, you process it a little bit different. But like I said, this really has that, that it's not on any level to deal with, especially like what's going on on now um i will say though my my brother-in-law is black i have four black nephews so when i see like the injustice you know towards black males especially it really does hit home and it's really really scary so with everything that's happening now with george floyd i mean it's just like like you said it's so sad that it's like this was stuff that you were dealing with as a child and now like you would think you know we've grown so much as a society but it's like we still we still have so so far to go um and one of the things that you and i were saying beforehand is that like from from these times of you know terrible tragedy this is when we do start to see hopefully growth and people changing and it does feel like i mean because there has been similar situations to this up until now unfortunately this is something that we have seen again and again it does feel like this is different. I don't know if you agree, but it does feel like this is like at a different caliber than than like what we've seen in the past. Do you feel like that too? I hope it is. Yeah. I really hope it is. And and like uh like I would like I mean just as an observer, I mean we're we're I would say coming off of the coronavirus, but it's still very present in our lives. Okay. Like, I mean, it, the conversation changed overnight. It, we were talking mm-hmm. about the coronavirus for the last three and a half or four months. So we, everybody in the country is feeling, we're feeling nervous and we're scared. You know, like so many people have lost their jobs. So many people have lost their income. They don't know where they're going to get their next meal or their next paycheck. Their kids are home. I mean, like, look at the autism community. All of the services have, have stopped and, and the kids are home and we're, we're all feeling really vulnerable right now. And so the, so having something like George Floyd come out we're all paying attention. We're paying attention to the news and what's happening in our world. And, and I think that's a good thing because normally we, we just go through life and we ignore the things that we don't want to hear, but because we're all in this like very vulnerable place we're our eyes are open and, and we're seeing exactly how broken our world is. So I think it is different and, and it's, it's an opportunity for all of us to realize we have one life. Like what, what are we going to use this one life that we have doing, ignoring all the problems or making the world a better place? So this is, this is a, 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 an opportunity that we really can make a change. But I think that a lot of us, a lot of people, they don't exactly know what to do. So Mm -hmm. what are your thoughts on how, how do we help and what can we do? Well, I think 
honestly, that was why I wanted to have this conversation with you because I, I know I had told you this before and especially in regards to the, the other topic we're going to discuss today, but I'm someone who typically does not comment on like negative stuff in the media. I like to take a positive stance on things and I always feel like we're all going to see it. It's, you know, it's flooded in our newsfeed and whatever. So I don't necessarily need to talk about it. But when it came to this issue, I just felt so compelled to speak and to not just kind of be this silent observer. And honestly, like, I was not sure if I wanted to do this episode because, like, I know I had said to you also, a lot of people right now are taking the choice to be muted and therefore listening to, you know, people of color and sort of giving them the platform over the this next week. Um, and I think that, that if that's what you've chosen to do, that's great. But like I said, I, as, as a white woman, want to just take this moment to really say, like, I'm standing in solidarity. And again, like, I don't, I'm not going to understand where, where you're coming from, but I'm going to, I'm going to do my best just to be there and support you in any way that I can. So that's kind of like where I'm sort of taking that step forward to be like, I, I'm still learning and I'm still listening and I'm still, you know, willing to, to be here for you in any way I can. And if that means taking a backseat, great. But I just want, I wanted this conversation to say like, this is, this is too big for me right now to stay silent and not have anything to say. So I just had to step forward and be like, I'm, I'm here to support basically. Yeah. And I, and I, and I love, I love to see that so many people are doing that because Uh I started to see the conversation, um, start to turn a little bit when, um, I started seeing posts from people focusing only on the, um, the riots and the protests and the looting. And, and I started to think, oh, great. Now here, we're going to take something that was really meaningful and, turn it into all about like the damage that people are causing. And, and I think that, um, that being able to just focus on the topic, I think that that is what we, that is our role here is Mm -hmm. to acknowledge what's happening and to say, no, this is wrong. And what can we do differently? So um, what, one of the things I was thinking about today is like, what are things we could do? I think that voting is good. I think we can um, mm-hmm. elect elect different officials in the in in our state and counties that you know that hire the police officers, and we can do that. We can, um, you know, there's there's lots of things that we can do on on like a macro level, but like the micro level, like what can we do day to day? And and then I I was also thinking like you know, how have I played a part in, in um, not saying something? And just two days ago, two days ago, um, I had a visitor at my house and I was, I was telling him uh, it was, it was a family friend. I was telling him about how we moved and I was telling him this story about this person that was being really difficult. And um, he said, oh, was she a foreigner? And I was like, wait, what? And she, and he said, oh, is, is, 
is is she a foreigner and I was like what why would you ask that and he's like oh well that's just because like that's how foreigners act sometimes and I remember like this was just a couple days ago so Mm -hmm. I remember just being offended that he said that but I didn't say anything further I just Mm -hmm. went uh no she's not a foreigner moving on and I just like moved on and rolled my eyes at that comment but then I started thinking today, it's like, it's moments like that, that we can do something. It's moments mm-hmm. like that, that we can say, hey, that's not cool. Or let's not make this a race thing. Or, and like, if we're talking about, if we're going to relate it to like uh, autism parenting, and someone uses the R word and, st- mm-hmm. and, and laughs and is like, oh, you know, like, it, like, it's no big deal maybe we should start to say something like, Hey, that's not cool. Like, don't say that around me or let's not make that about that. I think Mm -hmm. even doing that little small thing can have a ripple effect. So it's kind of like my thoughts. Like, what about you? What do you think? I think that that is such a good way to approach it because I do think sometimes with these really big issues, we do, you know, I know I, I personally, I do feel like, well, what can I do? What kind of change can I make? And like I said, that's why I I wanted to do this podcast today just to like speak up. And even though this is not a topic that I usually, you know, would talk about, obviously my show is about autism. I mean, it's not like this is, this is like in my realm, but I mean, I'm also at, at the root of it. Like I, I want people to, to listen to my show because like they're, we're, we're all kind of in this together and you had said something really, really brilliant just before we started recording. We're kind of relating this back to autism parenting and talking about kind of relating like how people are acting now. Cause like you said, like a lot of people are really just focusing on like the rioting and the looting and kind of losing grasp of the concept of everything. Do you want to share that? Yeah. So I, mm-hmm. so I was thinking, okay, so it's a big topic that um, it's one of the main topics of, of autism. A question that people have, I get this every day. This is one of the hardest parts of parenting a child with autism. The question is, what do I do about my child's meltdowns? So that's very common in autism for kids to have meltdowns. And uh, there's different ways that we approach it. Um, But one thing that I've learned over time is if my kids ever had a meltdown, like uh, my boys, if they ever had a meltdown, it would it would usually go something like this. If you kick the wall, you're going to be on timeout for 15 more minutes. Okay, if you kick it again, it's going to be 30. Okay, if you throw another thing, you are going to be in your room all day. And then by the time the meltdown is over, they're grounded for three months. And you're like, and and it's because when people are in a meltdown, they can't reason, they can't hear you. But I always tell people when they're when they say what, like, why does my child keep having meltdowns? Most of the time, it's because your child doesn't feel heard. Your child is trying to say something, but they don't have the voice to say it, or they don't have the verbal expression to say it. So if they're tired, if they're hungry, if they don't want to go to the store, or if someone is bothering them, or they have a sensory overload day, or whatever it is, they, it's hard for them to express and say, hey, I, I, I 
I'm feeling this way. So then they melt down and we think it's coming out of nowhere. And so the way that you stop a meltdown is you keep them safe and you just let them know that you're there and that, and that they're safe and that, that they're heard. So after a meltdown, if you can, if you can show them like, Hey, I hear you, I understand you're in pain. I, I know that you're really upset and you can validate why they were in a meltdown to begin with, then that, then you can have resolution. But if you keep ta- tackling the meltdown, like, you kicked the wall. Now you threw this thing. Now you hit me and, and you can't do that. Like if, if you keep tackling that instead of the reason behind it, then you don't get, you don't get anywhere and that keeps happening. So I think that's the same thing that is happening with our country. Our country is melting down because there's so many people that haven't been heard. So I think that just acknowledging the problem and not and not focusing on the looting and the rioting. I mean, we have to focus on that for sure. We can't just let let people just do whatever they want. But to acknowledge the problem, I think that that's the first step. Mm-hmm. I Yeah, I just think that's so brilliant that you made that connection because it's so true. I think so often when we are upset about anything... And I think this is just like human nature to it's not human nature, but it's like something we, we've been taught over time is to kind of like sweep things under the rug. And then it's like the next thing happens and somebody's upset. And it's like we sweep it under the rug. And it's like as over the years, like I said, things like this have have come up before. And every time it happens, like there's a, a big issue and then it's like everyone just moves on. And and it's swept under the rug, but it's like this time we need to really acknowledge what's happened and the injustice that's happening and the racism in our country. And until we can really acknowledge it and validate those feelings and listen to people of color and just really have these, these really respectful and open conversations, we're not, we're not going to really see the change until we can do that. And like I said, it does and maybe I'm, you know, wishful thinking. I always have sort of a Pollyanna type of view, but it does to me seem like we are hopefully moving in the right direction. Yeah. And I think it's like, it's good timing because everyone is paying attention right now. You know, like people are still at home. People are still like, we haven't gone back to our day to day quite yet. I mean, we're starting to, but um, I think that, that, it's just, it's good that people are listening. And um, yeah, I, you know, this, we have the potential to make really big change. Like we could take this coronavirus that's devastated so many people's lives and there can be good out of it. And that's, that's what I'm looking forward to. Absolutely. Yeah. I think with, with everything, it's just like, we, we don't want to see these, these major, you know, issues happen. And then, just just have the tragedy that comes from it we we really we need to grow and change as a society and and make it mean something yeah absolutely totally um okay (laughs) (laughs) well i really appreciate your your thoughts i really do and i just appreciate you taking the time to to talk to me about this because like i said i think just just speaking out i feel like is like a step forward, you know? 
Um, all right. Well, we do have another topic we want to talk about. Should we get to that? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, let's do it. Okay. So I'm sure everyone listening, because this is an autism podcast, is familiar with uh, the whole Mika Stoffer situation. And you and I were discussing beforehand, we're not exactly positive on how to pronounce her name. So we decided to go with Mika as the pronunciation. If we're wrong, I'm sure you'll let us know. Um, but basically, this came out like last week, I think, that Mika Stoffer is a like a YouTuber. I, I never followed her. Did you follow her before? No, this? I've never heard of her before. Okay, me which, neither. Which but isn't a lot it surprising of- that you've never heard of her? <laughs> She had a big following. Yes and no. I know. That's true. Yes and no. But you and I just had this conversation recently, too, that, like, you never there, – there's, like, different, like, avenues of people. And it's, like, sometimes, like, you discover someone and you're, like, oh, my gosh, how did I not know about this person? And whether they have a big following or not, it's, like, they're just, like, someone that you really should be following. Now, in, in Mika's case, I don't necessarily think that's the case, but – she is has a huge following on YouTube. She adopted her this beautiful little boy Huxley from China three years ago, I believe. He's four years old now. And just recently he she decided to to rehome him. He was diagnosed with autism, I I think not too long after he had come home from China. And rehome him, meaning like after having this child in their home for three years sending him to live with another family although there is still controversy even there that it's like we don't know if he's in the foster foster care system we don't know if he's back in china there's not like really solid info about his whereabouts so i can't necessarily speculate on that um she couldn't like really she couldn't talk about it because she was crying so bad (laughs) yeah this has really like rocked the autism community. I, I had put up a post about this the other day. And like I said before, I don't typically comment on especially the negative stuff, but just like with the whole George Floyd situation, like this this issue with with the rehoming to me was like so extreme. I couldn't stay silent on it. So after I, I, I put up my post and I just I just shared it in my stories. I got like well, I I, I shared it on Facebook and then I shared it in my stories. I, I'm still getting tons of messages about the whole Mika situation. So it's like, I know that this, this affected so many of us so deeply. What, what are your thoughts on the whole thing? There's so many thoughts about the whole thing. Yeah. Like it's um, so mm-hmm. I, I didn't follow her. I just discovered her when the news came out just last week is when I, is when I discovered her, but I, I wanted to dig around and see what she was about and just see like, see what the story was and see like the kind of content that she was putting out. And it looks as if, if you watch her YouTube videos, it looks like she is painting a perfect picture is like, I watched one of her mm-hmm. videos when she found out she was pregnant with one of her kids. And it was a lot of like, Oh my gosh, I'm pregnant. Oh, I can't wait to tell my husband. And it was like this big show and, So I kind of threw up in my mouth when I saw that. Yeah. Um, But I, but I, but I think that the, the thing that someone had said, you know, there's, there's people that put their kids up for adoption every day and we don't look down on them. And I think that that's different. I think it's different Mm -hmm. because if someone's pregnant and they, and they can't, uh, they can't raise their child and they find a different home for their child, 
that is selfless in that they want better for the child. But when you adopt a child from China, knowing that they have special needs and you ask your, your supporters to fund that trip to China and you make all kinds of money off of this kid, like there's just so many things that are wrong with the situation. Like, putting duct tape around his hands so he doesn't suck his thumbs and the whole thing, the whole thing. So, so I think that she did the right thing by finding a different home for him because she's obviously not fit to be a mother. Um, and mm-hmm. that's, that's me being judgmental and I'll own that. I totally will own that. Cause I don't personally know her. So, and I'm not her, but from the way mm-hmm. that it appears is that she, she wanted to look like a good mother, but behind closed doors, she wasn't able to handle it. And, and one of the Mm -hmm. things that, that I think about is raising someone with autism is very, 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 very hard. It is not Mm -hmm. easy for anyone. And nobody knows what they're doing when they get, when they, when they first hear that word autism, even if they've been in the autism world somehow they're still figuring it all out so it's it's no doubt that it's very 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 hard but if you stick it out and you get through the breaking points of parenting that's when you see the breakthroughs and that's when you change as a as a mother and as a person and that's when you grow together so she she cut him out at the breaking point mm-hmm. which you know, she, if she had the resources to hire whoever she needed to hire, that's the thing that infuriates people so much is this community doesn't have a lot of support and we're, we're doing it all on our own most of the time. And, and geez, like how, how amazing would it be if we all had the support that we actually needed? So Mm -hmm. I don't know. I think there's, um, there's a lot to it, but I also know that not everyone is fit to be a, a, a mom and that it is better mm-hmm. that she found a new home than to do something worse. But um, it sounds to me, too, that that he was probably being aggressive towards his siblings and she probably was like thinking in her head, oh, I have to protect my real kids from this monster that I brought into my home. And so he's got to go yeah. because this like rabid child or whatever is attacking my, 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 um, my, my born kids and I have to protect them. And that's probably what she was telling herself, but that was her kid. And there were, there were things that she could have done instead of that. So what do you think about the whole thing? I mean, I totally agree with everything you said. I, I do really have to wonder if this was her biological child that had autism and they were facing these same issues if she would put them up for adoption my guess is no but the problem that I have with that is that kind of like you said if you make the conscious decision to you know adopt a child from another country knowing that this child has special needs like in in I mean I've never adopted a child so I don't know everything but I know with I think with any adoption, there's like some things that you don't know, but I think especially with international adoption, there's definitely things that you are not aware of, but 
you still know that there are special needs present. Like, it's not like they were, you know, the, the officials in China were saying like, this child is completely neurotypical or whatever. She knew that he had some sort of special needs. What she's saying now is that they were more, there was more expansive special needs and she was aware of. And I think obviously you and I know as well as anyone that with autism, it, it, it encompasses a lot. There's a lot to, to take on. But one of the things that, that me made me so angry on top of everything that you just said, especially like I, 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 at the very end of this, like, even if nothing else is said, the fact that she made money off this child just really makes me sick. Um, <laughs> so that's like, there's so much more on top of that. And then it's like, and then she made money off. Yeah. Um, but the part that I, for some reason I keep coming back to is that she said in that video where she explained all this is that they had professionals telling them that their son Huxley would be better off with another family, a family who was more equipped to deal with his needs. And what I think about that is any of us who are listening right now, who have a child with special needs, who have a child with autism, were any of us equipped for this journey when it started? Because I know I definitely wasn't. No. (laughs) Yeah. No. (laughs) No. We are, we are mothers, we are parents, and we love our children to our very core, and we're going to do whatever we can to equip ourselves with the knowledge and everything that we can to help this child. So to me, that either, and I think there's been a lot of deceit here, more than just probably what we know, but to me, that either means that she's lying, that nobody said your child would be better with a family who was more equipped, or this professional saw that this really was an unsafe or unhealthy environment for Huxley, that he wasn't getting everything that he needed and deserved. And they really did think that he was better off with the other family, which like you said, I a hundred percent, I only want this child to be with a family who is going to absolutely cherish him for the rest of his life. And if these people can't do that for him, then Yes, he is definitely better off. Again, there's there's questions about how exactly this, like again, where Huxley even is right now. So, in my, I'm just hoping in my heart that he really is with like this amazing family who just adores him and is going to give him the tools that he needs to succeed. But like you said, it's like it's not like they didn't have the resources to to figure this out. And like again, like you said, she was crying so hard in the video, but it's like did you just not have the desire to put in the effort that it takes to, you know, raise a child in the spectrum because like they didn't fit into your, this perfect mold. Cause I mean, truly like, again, like you said, like you're, you're being judgy. I, I know I'm being judgy. I'm not a judgmental person. I don't like to be judgmental, but this situation is like, it's so extreme that for, for me, like in the position that I'm in, I cannot help but have these thoughts. Yeah. And I think why it hits so hard for a lot of us is because I think that like we have all been in moments where we question our ability to, to know what to do. Like, you know, is, am I really cut out for this? I don't know about this. And I think those moments, like those dark moments that we have, because we all have them, we all have those moments where, you know, we haven't slept and we and there's meltdown after meltdown and we're just like 
we, you know, we're doing it all on our own. And, and we just think like, man, this child would be better off with another, another mother. But then we have those thoughts, but that would never happen. And then we pick ourselves up and we, and we brush ourselves off and we figure it out. And that's the part that's so infuriating is like the things that she was experiencing. We all experience that. We all experience the hard and the meltdowns and all of that. But what gives her the right to just throw her hands up and say, this is too hard for me. I heard her say in that video that there's more special needs than we were aware of. And I'm just like, what do you mean more special needs? Like, is your four-year-old a rapist or a murderer? Like, are the, like, (laughs) is that what came to light? Like he's trying to strangle you in your sleep? Like he's four. Yeah. (laughs) So true. Yeah. It's like I said, I think there's like, there's, there's so many things that are wrong with it. Another thing that, that really took me by surprise, honestly, because like I said, I didn't know who she was and you, you too, you didn't know who she was, but you and I were in um, like a, a, a message thread with a bunch of other autism moms who are awesome and we love them. And a few of them, we were talking about this, were saying that they not only followed Mika, but were in correspondence with her and like had spoken to her about, you know, some of like the, the trials and the difficulties that they, they had had in their experience and that she had had in hers. And it was like, she always came with like solidarity for the autism community. And it's like, if that isn't a slap in the face, I don't know what is. And that was kind of what these moms were saying is that they're like, I was even more taken aback than I think, you know, the typical mom would be, or anyone reading the story who's not familiar with it, because like they really felt that sense of camaraderie with Mika, like as a fellow autism mom. And it's like, she was really like a wolf in sheep's clothing. For sure. For sure. So it's like, and then the thing that makes me mad too is she was connected to the autism community and anybody who's connected to the autism community knows how incredible they are. And like, you have, you can just do one post or one text or one phone call to another autism mom and they're there to listen. They're there to offer advice. They're there to share a story. She had it at her fingertips, a huge amount of people that could have been there for her in the hard times, but she decided to go silent, get rid of her kid and not say anything and then go on to post more videos and like, look at me and look at my life. And I'm so amazing. And, and, and like, what, what, what happened to this Mm -hmm. group of people that were standing by you? So I think it is a slap in the face to all of her followers and all of her fans that basically she made money on. I mean, the whole thing, (laughs) I know, I know. It it really is like you could just keep going around and around. It, it really, it's yeah, the other. There's there's so many layers to the story, and like you and I were saying before too, we have definitely seen people defend her, which I find really unfortunate. And I think most of those people, at least from from what I've seen, are are not autism parents, and so it's like maybe they have more sympathy for her or the situation. Um any any autism parents who are defending her I really don't know (laughs) I I can't get on board with it and you know we're all entitled to our opinion but I I'm I I think most of us like I said I've gotten tons of message 
messages from from people and I, I had one mom she was so cute she's like I never leave like nasty comments but she's like I had to stop myself from leaving like a nasty comment on one of her posts like she's like I had it all written out and then I deleted it because she's like I'm not that person and then I told her I was like well not only that but she actually has turned off comments for like several of her <laughs> of her recent posts because she knows like that's all she's probably gonna get is the nasty comments and I I'm, I totally don't agree with like bullying someone and you know, if they want to like this, the really horrible part too, is that her following has gone up, which just like makes me want to barf. But I mean, that's, that is what it is. But I mean, I don't know. At at this point, I'm just really hopeful that Huxley, like I said, is with like a wonderful loving family and that he is thriving and progressing. And I really just want the best for him. And as for Mika, I just kind of want her to go away. (laughs) Well, she will. I mean, she has to. What is she going to, what, how can she come back from this? There's, there's, what, who's her following now? There's her, her glass castle just shattered. There's, she, she, I mean, there's no, there's no coming back from this. Any post that she has or video, it's not going to be met with like welcoming arms and she's not going to be able to swat away the bad comments every single time like it's just not going to happen especially if she is posting stuff about family <laughs> and how and mm-hmm. motherhood and and all of that so i w- one thing that i one thing that i am glad about is i'm i'm glad that this topic became very public because i believe that this kind of stuff happens all the time we just don't hear about it because like the people that it happens to they don't have a big youtube following or they're not celebrities or they're not anybody that anybody like follows so it's good in a way because it kind of takes the veil off of the challenges that our community has and one of those challenges is that like i was saying autism parenting is very very hard And we can't do it alone. And we do need resources and we do need help. And most of us don't have that at our fingertips. We don't have enough therapy, enough speech therapy, enough um, respite workers. We don't get funding from our state or our insurance doesn't help or our school district is ignoring us because our kiddos cost too much money. And that has to change because it isn't just our problem. This is a global problem that, that it's, everybody has to pitch in and help our kiddos. I mean, that's just our responsibility as human beings. So I'm glad that this came to light and I hope that more stories when they happen, that they do come to light like this and that we do keep talking about it because otherwise nothing ever changes and and we and we never we never get what we want or what we need so i'm okay. hoping that this story reaches people that don't have kids with autism that are horrified at hearing what what has happened and who can who might be afraid to talk about special needs parenting and maybe now that now they're they'll be willing to to talk about it so i don't know yeah Oh, I, I totally agree. I think you're right about that. And I think that so often when it comes to, to, you know, parenting a child with autism, it's like our community 
understands because we go through it all the time but other people on the like if you're looking at it from the outside you just don't really get it and I what I do think is hopefully something positive that can come from this is like you said that it's like it it shines a light on the whole community and that people like you said realize that like there are resources that are like so badly needed and so difficult to gain access to and I I really hope this doesn't happen all the time but you're probably right this probably does happen way more than we actually hear about and hopefully this does kind of shine a light on all that I know I like I said, I posted on, on Facebook and then I, I shared it to my adventures and autism account, but I shared it on my personal Facebook page because I do think this is something that I knew that, you know, the autism community was, was going to be mostly outraged like I was, but I really did. I wanted people who, you know, were not necessarily part of the autism community to see this and to know what was happening. Um, because I, I, I do, I still feel like as much as we need support within our community and we totally do, we need to open other people's eyes to, to, to this community and and just shine a light on it. And so like we were saying before, like with, with everything happening now with all this racial injustice, it's like, this has to lead to some, we pray, we're hoping we're working towards making this count for something good and, and similar with this situation it's like something like this happening is awful but hopefully it really can lead to good and I think that's that's really all I have to say (laughs) one one other thing that 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 came to mind when when you were saying that is talking about injustice and and we were just discussing the topic of racism and now we're talking about parenting a child with autism I was just talking to a girlfriend of mine and she has a daughter who has special needs, the same as Remy, the same genetic disorder as Remy, but her daughter is older and her daughter is 12. And, um, and she was just talking about how, how she said, I don't understand um, what it's like for the black community because I'm white. This is what she's saying. I don't understand it. And I I wish that I understood. And then she said, the only thing that I, that I can relate it to is how unfair my daughter has been treated her whole life, not being invited to participate in school camps, not being allowed to ride the bus with the other kids, not um, being put in the very back of the class, being uh, having the whole staff call her a problem um, being kicked out of the school district because we're we're too much to handle. It's like those kinds of things happen to all of us every day, all the time. And, th- and there's a reason that we have to advocate because the world isn't kind to our families that it's just that we, it's like the world doesn't have room for us. We're too expensive. We're in the way, just, you know, go away and be quiet and stop throwing a fuss. And so, um, so I think that that we do understand what it's like to be in the minority and and to not be heard. So mm-hmm. I I don't know. I think thank you for bringing this topic up and and you know talking about it both both of the topics. I think that we I think we all need to keep talking about it and not shying away from difficult conversations because this is one of the things that I didn't necessarily want to talk about. Like you said, like I want, I'm trying to be positive and 
I'm I, I'm all about mm-hmm. like, you know, being a parent of a child with autism or epilepsy or special needs is a blessing. Like, love your child unconditionally. Let's talk about that. That's fun. That's like, and 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 then <laughs> we're talking about protests and and black people being killed because they're black. And it's kind of like, ooh, I don't want to talk about that, but that's part of the problem. And then not talking about what happens in the autism community, that's part of the problem too. And and in the end, we are all equal. And the fact that we even have to talk about this is it's crazy. Yeah. No, I, I completely agree. And I understand what your friend was saying when she's, it's like, as, as a white person, it's like you, you want to stand with every, you, with people of color and you want, you want to be behind them. But at the same time, you, you don't know what it's like to be in that position because of privilege. And I can fully recognize that now. It took me a long time to like really understand white privilege. But again, I think, and I, not that this is the same, but I think because I'm, you know, married to a Mexican man, I, I, I just, I didn't really understand that really until I was married to him. Um, but like you said, it's like, even if we can't understand exactly what someone's going through and we never can, we can understand a part of the feeling yes. that comes from it. Yes. And that really like, yes, exactly. Exactly. And I think that that's what everyone should be doing is like, you might not exactly know what it's like to be black, but you do know what it's like to be bullied or treated differently because of this, that, and the other. And if we just stick to that, like if we just stick to that empathy and we can acknowledge like, this is real, this is painful. I'm sorry that this is happening. That is the first step. And I don't think we need to know what to do beyond that. Cause like, you know, we just move step by step by step. It's exactly the way that it is raising a child with, with autism. You don't have to know the whole mountain to climb. You just need to concentrate on this one step. And I think that this step it's, we're finally taking a step. So. Mm-hmm. I totally agree. And I'm, really glad that you and I got to have this conversation. It's definitely, it's not an easy conversation to have, but I'm, you always are such like a safe place to me. So I'm glad that I got to, to talk with you about this. Um, and thank you just for, for being a part of it and letting me be yeah, a part of it too. And I want to add something and it's not about like the topics that we were talking about, but I love the fact that me and you have a friendship. We both have podcasts. We both are autism moms. We both are very similar <laughs> And the fact that like we can come together in our similarities and, and the things that we have in common and, and we see each other, we hear each other, we, we respect each other. It's so much easier to do that than to be divided and to blame other people or to compare ourselves to others and all of that. So that's one thing that, you know, we are not different. All of us are not different. Like let's come together and just share the commonalities that we have. And, and I think that, um, I think that's the first step that we need to do. So thank you for being my friend, Megan. And thank you for having me on your podcast. Thank you for coming on mine. Thank you. (laughs) And ditto to everything you just said. I, 
I totally agree. I think that, I don't know, the world works in crazy ways. And I'm just so glad that you and I connected. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So, all right. Since we're, mm-hmm. we're airing this episode on both of our podcasts, let's, let's share mm-hmm. where people can find us. So Megan, where can people find you? So you can connect with me on Instagram at Adventures in Autism Pod or on Facebook at Adventures in Autism Podcast. Or you can email me at Adventures in Autism 2018 at yahoo.com. And I love hearing from everyone. So just hit me up. Yes. Come hang and out with so, Jody, yes. So yeah, anybody who doesn't know who Megan is, go subscribe to her podcast. It is amazing. And then for Megan's podcast, <laughs> I'm Jody Warshawski, and you can find me on Instagram and Facebook at Jody Warshawski. J-O-D-Y-W-A-R-S-H-A-W-S-K-Y. <laughs> it's a long one. <laughs> um, and you can find me um, on my podcast called Accepting the Unacceptable. And um, yeah, I think that's about it. Which is also totally amazing. Yes, everyone needs to. If you're not familiar with Jody, you need to be. So definitely do that. Um, but this this was so so great to have this conversation. Like I said, it was it was a tough one, but I'm really glad that yes, we were able to have too. it. Yes, me too. Thank you so much, Megan. All right, you take care. Okay, we'll talk bye. soon. For you, the listeners of Adventures in Autism podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. I often get asked for book recommendations related to autism, and one that I always go back to is called The Out of Sync Child by Carol Kranowitz, and it was actually recommended to me by a friend who is also an OT, and I read this book years ago before Logan was even diagnosed. It's not necessarily just for autism. It also goes into like sensory processing disorder or ADHD, but it's just very valuable information and a really great resource that I still pull from today, even though I read it years ago. So that's a really good one. Sometimes just to get my mind off things, I also just enjoy good old chiclet. <laughs> I love anything by Emily Giffen, like Something Borrowed or Something Blue, and those are available on Audible as well, but you can pick from any of their titles. So to download Download your free audiobook today. Go to audibletrial.com slash adventures in autism. All one word. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash adventures in autism for your free audiobook. Okay, well, I hope you enjoyed listening to my conversation with Jody. I told you we got really honest, <laughs> very um, raw and uh transparent on this one so honestly I hope you guys enjoyed it please let me know how you're feeling about these issues where you're at what you're thinking if you you know have ideas on how you want to move forward and you think that would be helpful please share it with me I would love to hear it I mean I always love to hear from you guys Um, and definitely connect with Jodi follow her she is amazing I truly, I'm so inspired by her and I'm so lucky that I get to call her 
a friend. So go subscribe to Expecting the Unexpected. Check out on Instagram. She is just awesome. So that is all for today. Again, I really, really appreciate you guys taking the time to listen to this episode. I know it is different from anything I normally do and maybe not something that you wanted to hear from me. But like I said, I felt I felt so strongly that this was something that I wanted to speak out on. And one thing that Jody and I said even after we recorded this, I, I said to her, I'm like, it's one of those situations where it's like you you want to say something, but you don't want to say the wrong thing. And Jody said so sweetly, she's like, you know, I think sometimes even when you say the wrong thing, at least you're trying and that's what's important. And so I I mean, I, I hope that I didn't say the wrong thing here, but if I did say anything that maybe didn't jive so well with you... I just hope that you know that my heart is really in the right place and I I wanted to share this just as a means to move forward and hopefully that is what we can we can do as a society. So that is all for today. If you have been enjoying the show, if you would take a moment to hit that five star and leave a kind rating and review, I would be so so grateful. And I have some wonderful episodes coming up. And I hope that you guys will tune in for those too. But until next time, take care.